Welcome to the Keystone Church Podcast. Keystone Church exists to lead people towards a life that is fully surrendered to Jesus. We hope that this message will encourage you and inspire you to take your next step in your faith journey. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy this week's message from Pastor Lauren Foster. You know, last week we talked about the parable of the prodigal son, uh, actually two sons, that both left their father in their own unique ways. And I love that story. I love that parable that Jesus tells because you can see, obviously, the grace, the mercy of the Father, the grace and the mercy of our Lord when it comes to our lives. And the heart of the Father is so very evident in that story because if we're far from Him, He's always ready for us to come home. And this week, I want to talk about a complementary attribute when it comes to the character of God. And this is this attribute of forgiveness that runs parallel to grace. It's the subject of forgiveness. Because I believe those two, grace and forgiveness, go hand in hand. And the big question that we're going to attempt to answer this weekend is this. How do I forgive like Jesus? How do I, right now in my life, begin to forgive like Jesus. You've probably noticed the tension in the world right now, 2020. I feel like that's, if there was a theme for this year, it would be the year of tension. And we can feel it. It's almost as if the world is groaning, crying out in desperation. And the beauty of that is the local church, the gospel has the answers that we are all searching for. This is an opportunity for the love of Christ to shine through in the midst of so many that are hurting. And as a pastor, just to let you know, what I'm praying for personally, I'm praying for hearts to be healed, for eyes to be opened, for truth to be revealed, and what we're talking about today, for forgiveness to be extended. Let's take a look at this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 6 verse 14 and 15. It says, Jesus said, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. That's a powerful in your face passage of scripture because we're not just simply called to receive the love of Jesus in our life. We're called to extend and show the love and forgiveness of Jesus to one another. So in a world filled with pain, how can we as Christ followers be a part of the solution? I'm confident that forgiveness is key to answering that question. But before we take a deep dive into this subject, can we just admit something before we get started? That there are times in our life that it is difficult to forgive. In fact, it's far easier to want to get even with someone than actually forgive them. What I'm noticing, we're raising two young kids right now, Jaden and Emma, an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old. And this whole idea of forgiveness, it seems as if kids, they just get it and they extend it much easier than adults. When you're young, I've seen this with my, with my son, with my eight-year-old, <laughs> when him and his buddies, when they're playing and something happens, one of them gets the other one mad or somebody takes the video game controller or somebody throws a handful of dirt in the other person's face. 
You can just tell. In that moment, someone's ticked off, they're mad, but then as soon as the other guy apologizes, it's, it's no big deal. It's like life just goes back to normal. Oh, it's okay, I'm fine, I'm good. And they just go on and all is forgiven. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but it seems to me like there are moments in my life where it's hard to just let the little things go. The older you get, you just want to hold on a little bit tighter when someone does something to you that frustrates you or makes you mad. I could tell some of you when you're on the road, you probably, you have a tendency to get a little bit of road rage. So if someone cuts you off or they pull out in front of you, your first thought is, I'm going to run them over into the ditch <laughs> right now. I'm going to get even with them. It's like, I just, I, I got to get back. I got to get even. Maybe for some, you could relate to a situation that's a little bit more personal. For me, uh, years ago, when I was working in real estate before getting into ministry, uh, I had a boss at my real estate firm that he came up to me and said, hey, I got a guy that wants to sell a car online. Can you help him? And I was fairly savvy with eBay at the time. I said, absolutely. I helped this guy and uh, it's a friend of yours, no big deal. So I got all this guy's information and it was a collector's car that he was looking to sell. I fronted a bunch of money to advertise it, to promote it, to sell it. And this man told me that he was actually gonna give me a portion of whatever the car sold for as a fee. I thought, fantastic. Well, as time went on, uh, I noticed he wouldn't refund me for any of the money that I fronted to put the car online. And then when the car eventually sold, he never gave me a portion that he said he would. And I remember calling this guy and I was so mad because he never lived up to his word. And I felt very self-righteous, very justified at a young age. I remember calling him and leaving these messages. I'm like, you have no morals. How dare you? I want my money. And it never came and it never happened. And I remember having a conversation with my old boss at the time. And I was so mad about it. And he looked at me the one day and said, why are you having such a hard time letting go? He said, what you need to do is just simply forgive him. He was right. On a personal level, even when it comes to an opposite story in, in, my, in my own life, I remember working on staff at a church in Ohio right after Lauren and I got married. This was after I was doing real estate full-time. And I remember making a joke in front of, at the time, a high school student, uh, kind of a practical joke, messed with him in front of our senior pastor, and didn't really think much of it. I was a young kid. I got a laugh out of it, but it, it clearly embarrassed this young man. Well, fast forward about 12 years later, Lauren and I are out of state. We're on staff at another church in Arkansas, and this young man that was a high school student years ago, he actually came to our church with a group of pastors. He was a youth pastor, and I had to host them. They were from Ohio. I hosted them. We went out to dinner together, and I remember having this conversation. I said, hey, man, I don't know if you remember me, but 12 years ago, we were at this church in Ohio, and I messed with you that one day, and he looked at me blank-faced, and he just said, yeah, I remember he goes, in fact, I've hated you for the last 10 years of my life. And I started to laugh. I was like, yeah, that's funny. And his expression didn't change. And clearly I had done something to him. I was completely unaware. I had offended him. And I remember we were sitting around at dinner. It was kind of getting awkward because there's other pastors there and they don't know how to take this conversation. And I said, man, I am so very sorry. Would you forgive me? 
And he said, he said, yeah, Foster, it's fine. He goes, man, I forgave you a long time ago. But something that I've noticed, truth in my own life, is that somewhere along the line, we begin to believe that our wrongs should be forgiven if we've hurt someone. But so often it's optional that we forgive someone else if they have wronged us. And if you want to know my personal opinion, why I believe at times children have an easier time forgiving than adults, it's because of their innocence. It's because they've maintained a level of innocence that at times life has either either stolen or robbed from us in our life that they haven't let the hurts, the pains, the offense grow in their heart and choke out the innocence that they have in their life. And they're quick to forgive. And let me be clear. I know that some of the examples that I'm using here to start off this message are a little trivial. And some of you might even be asking the question, okay, I can buy into the idea of forgiveness, Foster, but the real question is this, how do I forgive someone that has done the unforgivable? How do I forgive someone that's offended me, not on a surface level, but something that's happened much deeper, it's been much more painful? Let's look at scripture to find out. Last week, we talked about how the Father extended grace. Today, we're gonna look at how Jesus forgives sinners. That's the theme that we're leaning into. And we're not only sinners who receive forgiveness, but we're sinners who are called by Jesus to love like him and to forgive other sinners as well. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to take a look at Luke chapter 23. And just to give you a little bit of context about this passage of scripture, if you could imagine this, while Jesus is hanging on the cross, he's being crucified He's completely innocent in this moment, having never sinned. He's hanging between two criminals. And here's where it picks up in Luke 23, 32. It says this, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on the right and the other on his left. Now I want you to think about this. In this moment, this scenario with our Lord and Savior, Jesus is being crucified. He's sinless. He's blameless. He's being falsely accused and he's being betrayed. And this scenario is happening and this is this is taking place. Jesus is being spit on. He's being mocked. People are saying, "If you're really the son of God, get yourself off the cross. Save yourself." The mob is surrounding him, mocking him, mocking his life and 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 he was completely innocent. And in that moment, at the height of his pain, when the people around him were at their worst, mocking the creator in his flesh, Jesus prayed the most amazing prayer. He looks up to the Father and Jesus says this in verse 34, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus was asking for forgiveness for those who were sinning against him in a moment that seemed totally and completely unforgivable. Let's just call it what it is. The longer we are on this earth, the longer you and I live, you're going to be hurt by someone. In fact, some of us, we are carrying a wound right now, a significant wound in our life. Someone that's abused you, or taken advantage of you, 
or gossiped about you. Perhaps it was someone who's a Christian and they didn't even act very Christ-like towards you. It may even been a church that at some point in your life hurt you and they weren't even aware of it. What's crazy is some of us, we're carrying around a hurt by someone who's no longer alive, but we're bearing the weight and the bitterness against someone that's not even alive anymore. Some of you, it might be a close relative, a mom or dad, they weren't there for you, or maybe someone's abandoned you. Here's the point. There's always going to be a reason to stay hurt, and you and I will always be tempted to hold on to our pain. But I believe Christ is showing us and teaching us a better way, a way that we can live free. Some of us, we might even be frustrated at God for things that have happened in our life. And, and it's, it's to the place where we're blaming him or having a hard time understanding why it is that we're walking through the season of life that we're in currently. And some, and this could actually be one of the most devastating perspectives to have, is some of us, because of the mistakes that we've made, you're having a hard time forgiving yourself. You're carrying unforgiveness towards yourself around on a daily basis. And you know the truth is that God's forgiven you, but you've been unable to accept that forgiveness for yourself. And this raises the big question that we're going to aim to answer here today is how do we forgive like Jesus? Because forgiveness is at the heart of the gospel. Jesus came to forgive sinners. And as we have been forgiven, we are called to also forgive. In fact, those that are skeptical, those that are looking at our life as Christ's followers and wondering, is this legit? I mean, does this gospel even contain any sort of truth? How are they going to prove that out? How are they going to look for evidence? Well, scripture says, by the way that we love one another. And I want to give you just two thoughts, two simple ideas. They're not easy, but they're simple to internalize. How do we learn to forgive like Jesus. If you're taking notes, number one, we pray for those that hurt you. Pray for those that hurt you. That was what Jesus was doing on the cross, and he's teaching us to do the exact same thing. In Luke 6, 28, it says, Jesus said, bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. Some of you are like, bless those that curse you and pray for those who hurt you. Yeah, I'll pray. I'll pray that they get theirs. I pray that God would smite them. You're thinking, that's, that's, that's what I want for that person. They deserve it. But he also, Jesus also said this in Matthew chapter 5, and it was jaw-dropping to even think that he would communicate something like this because what he told the crowd in this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 5 was completely opposite from what they grew up hearing. In fact, if you've been a Christian for a while, here's what I want you to do is to not let the familiarity of this verse rob you from the significant impact that it could have if you were hearing it for the very first time. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5 verse 43. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Listen, when Jesus said this for the first time, you probably could have heard a pin drop. Because people are probably thinking, what is he even talking about? Jesus is saying, love those that, that 
persecute you. Pray for them. Pray for your enemies. Today, if you've been around church for a while, you might think to yourself, yeah, you know, I understand. Yeah, pray for your enemies. Love your enemies. Okay, that might sound easy until you have an enemy, until you have someone that's talked bad about you, until you have someone that's turned their back on you or betrayed you, then it's like, I don't want to love them. I don't want to pray for them. In fact, here's what I hope that we all see this weekend. If you've been devastated by someone or someone's let you down, someone's lied about you, gossiped about you, the first place that we start is we pray for them. We pray for them. We don't pray that something bad would happen to them. We actually pray for that person from our heart. My pastor used to say it like this. It's hard to stay mad at someone that you're praying for. And you might ask, well, why did Jesus even teach this principle? Why is this even in Scripture? Well, we don't know all the reasons why, but perhaps one of the reasons could be because it takes a right attitude. Because a right attitude precedes a right action. It means if I'm overwhelmed with bitterness or frustration in my heart towards someone, there's no way I'm going to make the right action. There's no way I'm going to do the right thing. But if I'm praying for someone, what happens? My heart begins to change. My attitude begins to slowly change. And we know that a right attitude will eventually lead to the right action. Because if you're waiting to just have the feeling of forgiveness towards someone that has hurt you significantly, you may be waiting until Jesus returns. Let's call it what it is. If you're just waiting to be in the mood, you may never be in the mood. And let me tell you, when you start praying for someone that maybe deep down you feel like, man, I hate or I have a lot of frustration towards this person. When you start praying for your enemies, those that have persecuted you, listen, your prayers may not change them. They may not change their behavior towards you, but your prayers will always change you. God will always do something on the inside of you that's significant. How do you love like Jesus? You don't just love those who love you, and hate someone that hates you. You actually pray for those that hurt you and you love your enemies. And number two, we learn this principle that we're to forgive as we have been forgiven. So we pray for our enemies. We pray for those that have hurt us. And we also forgive as we, as Christ followers, have been forgiven. It's so important says this in Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I don't know about you, but I have a long list of sins in my life that have been forgiven. I don't know how many times you've lied, gossiped, stolen, cheated, offended, frustrated, sinned against someone, disobeyed God. But I can tell you that my list is long. It runs deep. And I know that when I reflect on my life personally, I have been forgiven of so very much. And I'm incredibly thankful. And what I believe the Lord is trying to teach all of us is in that same manner, 
how we have been forgiven of much, I'm to forgive freely as well. How do we forgive the unforgivable? We forgive as we have been forgiven. And at some point, we have to make a choice. It always starts with a choice for us to extend forgiveness. Because some of us who might be watching here this weekend, you might say, Foster, I I get it. I know that I should forgive, but I'm not ready yet. I don't want to take that step. I'm not ready to forgive, but I'm going to choose to do my best to obey God's word. And I'm going to make a step in that direction. Maybe for you, it's just saying a prayer under your breath for that one person right now that when I talk about forgiveness, you instantly know that's the person I need to be praying for. You know that I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm not going to get bitter. Because Anne Lamott said this, bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies. And I think so many of us, because of the wounds that we've endured or because of the way we've been hurt, we're carrying bitterness around in our life and we don't know what to do with it and it's too heavy for us to carry. So what do we do? We give it to God. We give it to Him. Be honest with the Lord. Tell Him how you're feeling. Tell Him how frustrated you are about that person that has hurt you so deeply. You tell God, you be authentic and transparent, and you take it to Him. And in the same way that God let my sins go, the same way that Jesus shed His blood on the cross for my life so that my sins could be forgiven. I'm choosing by faith. Our posture is, Lord, I'm going to forgive. By faith, I forgive this person. And I've mentioned this before, but you might have relationships in your life where someone's wounded you and you know you need to forgive that person. And you might be wondering, well, what if I never trust them again? Listen, we're not talking about trust when it comes to forgiveness. Those are two completely different topics. Trust may never be regained, but we can always make a choice to forgive. We can always make a choice to let go of the bitterness that may be creeping into our hearts, and we can forgive that person the way that we've been forgiven. For your family, here's a practical next step. If you're wondering, what can I do? How can I start to apply this principle of forgiveness in my life right now? It's something that I would hope is reflected in my home, and I'm hoping and praying it's reflected in yours as well. Just something for us to consider. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Forgive quickly, forgive often, forgive completely. Forgive quickly, forgive often, forgive completely. Have grace for those that you love. Forgive those that have hurt you and wounded you even at a point where you may feel this is unforgivable. Forgiving someone else, it's not a weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. And I believe that as a church, we can all start somewhere. Instead of staying bitter, we can get better. We can be honest with the Lord. We can start to move to a place where we're honest with ourselves, we're honest with God, because He can handle it. He can take whatever it is that's been frustrating you or what you've been holding on to in your life, and you can pray and ask the Lord to change your heart. And then start to pray for the person 
that you need to forgive. If I could encourage you with this, it's to release them. Let them go. You're going to live so much freer if you're not trying to hold on to bitterness from the past. Give that situation, give that person to God, and let's keep our innocence. Let's not lose that in the midst of this. Let's let the way we love and forgive one another prove to this broken world this message of the gospel in this truth of Jesus. Let's ask the Lord to help us to forgive as we have been forgiven of so very much. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified each week as soon as a new sermon is available. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Keystone Church or over on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Keystone Church PA. And of course, for more information, you can visit our website at keystonechurchpa.com. 